Hello and welcome to another episode of The Locker Room here on Indie Live Radio. We're here every Friday night looking back at the sport and looking forward to this weekend's sport. And it's been a busy week for European football and a busy weekend um, for football and rugby. Joined tonight, um, yeah, joined tonight by Matthew. Hi Matthew, how's it going? I'm not bad. I'm just looking forward to uh, Halloween tomorrow night and wearing my Wonder Woman costume. Oh, that's a bit spooky for me. (laughs) And there'll be more jokes coming soon. Um, um, So, yeah, don't send me any photos. Okay. uh, Why not? (laughs) No, please don't. Uh, So... Um, yeah, you can email us in, not about your Wonder Woman nights or whatever, you can email us in, lockerroom at, um, lockerroomindelive at gmail.com, that's lockerroomindelive at gmail.com. Let's get, uh, let's get stuck into the football, because there's been plenty of action last night, and um, we'll speak about the weekend football in a minute or two, but let's go back to last night, Matthew, um, when we had, well, we'll speak about Rangers um, later on, because uh, they were 8 o'clock kickoff. but let's start off over in Rio, um, I think it was a 5-6 to six kickoff. Celtic against Rio, and uh, uh, you must get mad, two each performance, but most Celtic fans would take a point before the game. Aye, I mean, I think, um, I mean, it was one. Of, there's two ways to look at it because the game went uh, the way it went. I suppose Celtic fans and Neil Lennon and the players can look at it in two different ways. I suppose the negative side is that obviously Celtic's one less run extended to four games now um, as they let slip a two-goal half-time lead, and I think that's the first time since 2014, is it, um, since Celtic have um, not won a game. In four games, so um, it's a record, obviously, that Celtic don't get very often, but um, they've got it now, obviously. But Neil Lennon's team, I think the, the positive side is that Neil Lennon's team looked much more like the free-flowing attacking side the last season. Um, as they attacked pretty much with flair and speed um, in the first half. And in the, the tail end of the second half, they looked quite good as well, attacking on the break. Um, and they looked kind of like their old selves. And even though their league disintegrated, uh, Celtic also showed a bit of fight, digging in when Leo were dominating the game and managed to come away with a draw, really. Um, and it was positive, I think, that Odds and Edward and their beat on came back as subs after recovering from COVID. And Neil Lennon's, I think, options are um, getting back to what they used to be before COVID gate happened and international football came to blow Celtic out in water. They're returning to full strength a little bit now. So Celtic hung on um, and managed to win, but uh, or managed to draw. But they could have won in the end. In the last 20 minutes, I think Celtic were, it was up and down. Leo could have scored, but Celtic could have scored. Um, but they managed to come away with a 2-2 draw, which I think, like you said, I think if you were to say before the game what you wanted as a, as a Celtic fan, what would you want? I think most Celtic fans would have said, we want a good performance and we'll take any draw or result that we can get uh, our hands on. And, you know, Celtic managed to not only play well, but they managed to get a 2-2 draw. And it's left them in a pretty good place in the group. I mean, even though AC Milan... 
They won 3 0 last night over Sparta Prague uh, to go top of the group. We will obviously have four points um, after they beat Sparta Prague the first time and then drew with Celtic last night. But Celtic are clinging on. Uh, they're only three points behind Lille. So it, it looks like the, the next two games for Celtic are Sparta Prague home and away. And if Celtic can pick up six points from that, uh, and assuming AC Milan managed to defeat Leo at least once, if not twice, then Celtic have a decent chance in the group uh, to qualify, which is kind of what we said a few weeks before. Uh, I think Celtic have a decent chance. Um, and going back to the game, you know, Leo last night, I think they, before the game, they were obviously joint top of the league with Paris Saint-Germain. So there were no walkovers. Um, and Celtic have managed to go there, dominate the first half, I thought. And second half managed to defend resolutely and attack well. And they've come away with a draw. And um, it's pretty positive. Uh, Bain saved the penalty, did what he had to do. So he's given Neil Lennon a bit of a um, question mark as to whether Barkas returns at the weekend. So Bain or Barkas probably are um, similar sorts of levels, I think, going into that game at the weekend. Um, Elanusi played quite well. I thought he was man of the match last night. Um, the defence played well. It was just a shame Ayer um, yeah, yeah. came off. Um, I think that was the one drawback, actually, of last night was Ayer's injury, uh, mm. which didn't help the defence. But you have to say, you know, everything kind of looked quite positive, and if Celtic can continue that on, then last week's absolute disaster will be a thing of a past. Yeah, yeah, I mean... Um... <clears throat> I mean, most Celtic fans might have been gregging last night's game um, about, you, you know, I think we were talking about this earlier on, about they might be performing well, but they, they might still get beat. But also, but when you watch the game, Celtic performed well and um, went in 2-0 up at half-time and it should have been more as, as well. Um, at, but it's just a shame that Ayer was taken off because you saw that, especially at the Leo's first goal as well, that there was a gaping hole at the back. Yeah, and do you know what? I think, you know, up to up to the Celtics' first goal, you know, Leo could have scored. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, the first few minutes, I think Leo had a couple of chances that they could have taken. Um Bain had, I think his one sort of error in the match came when he failed to take a cross and Leo hit the crossbar. Um, and that's what we were talking about earlier. Or we don't know what his name was, but it could have been Botman, but we were laughing. It could have been Buckman, whoever Buckman is, but he uh, hit the bar. So, I mean, it could have been, Celtic could have conceded uh, more than they did and they held on a little bit sometimes in the game. But on the other hand, I think it showed that sometimes formations, we've been talking about Celtic formations all season, what's better, what would you prefer? But I think last night showed that sometimes formations don't really matter and it just depends on whether your players are confident and whether they have um, the play to their full potential. Because last night, I think we sort of played, Celtic sort of played that, we saw a 4-2-3-1 and then we saw a 4-4-2 at times and then we saw a 5 Three two with wing backs, and each sort of formation Celtic played and continued to play quite well. So, I think sometimes it shows even formations don't really matter if you have the players on the pitch who are playing well. Um, obviously, I'd rather still have a five three two um, for Celtic because I think the I think the players are better suited to it. But again, like I said, it just shows you you know like no matter what the formation is, if you have a team playing well and confidently with speed. Um, 
and a bit of a fight about them, then formations sometimes don't matter. It, it mainly matters what players are on the pitch and what they're doing. Um, so it was, it was it was quite good. Um, I do think we look better with three at the back with the wing backs because at times I was I was saying to you, you know, we've only got two at the back sometimes when we play four four two because Frimpong and Laxalt, who were amazing last night, still continue to push forward. So at times mm. it just left Duffy and Ayer at the back. And I think you saw sometimes when that happened, if Ayer made the mistake or Duffy made the mistake, it did put a bit of pressure on that back line. Um, whereas if you have the third sort of sweeper, um, you have that little extra bit of protection. Um, and I think that's what that gives you. It also gives you a chance to play another striker up top, which is what I would rather. Um, but I think at the end of last night, we were playing sort of, the, or Celtic were playing, we saw a, sort of both of those formations playing because we saw Celtic playing a three at the back with wing backs, but also one up top with the two just behind. So I think Lennon seems to be changing during games to suit how uh, Celtic are playing and how the opposition are playing. So looking back on it, I think, I, I mean, I, I looking back on it from a Scottish perspective, I, I could see nothing really but positives, to be fair. Um, and the hope is for Celtic fans that they go on and um, replicate that against Aberdeen on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, um, the... <clears throat> Celtic played well uh, the last night. Good, as you say, gives the same that I was taking over over the weeks. The the fans has been up to the arms about Neil Lennon should go and all that kind of stuff. But I, I think most of the fans are getting a bit over the top here um, because we're only in well, morning um, October November now, and okay, Rangers is ahead, but um, you know like. Um, you know, like uh, the League Cup and, and all that, or the league has not been handed out in November. There's plenty of football left to be to be played as well. So, yeah, but uh, yeah. Um, I mean, Rangers haven't won the league in October. No, no. No. <laughs> um, I mean, do you know what? I, I, I think the worrying thing for Neil Lennon up to, I mean, last night I thought it was Celtic's best performance of the season. Yes, yeah. So, yeah. Um, I thought I thought they looked a different team and there was points we were talking to each other and I was talking to different friends and my dad and things like that. It didn't look like the Celtic team that we've seen up to last night because no. I think the worrying thing for Lennon wasn't even so much the results, to be honest. I mean, the results in the last two games weren't great for him. And I think that's what's caused uh, the reaction for some Celtic fans. But for me, the worrying aspect of those... I mean, Celtic will have bad results this season. Nobody goes through the mm-hmm. season having perfect 100% performances or 100% results. You, mm-hmm. will have, you will have defeats or you will have um, draws. That's what's going to happen. But the worrying thing, I think, for Celtic was the, I think the nature of the performances up till uh, last night was the worrying thing because I have to say the players, a lot of them didn't look interested. Whether you played 4-4-2, whether you played 4-2-3-1, whether you played wing-backs and three at the back, I don't think it mattered. The players just didn't look as interested as they should have done. Um, and they came into Rangers playing the way they've played all season and Rangers took them to task over it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then AC Milan, it was a bit of a wake-up call. AC Milan was slightly better, but it was a sort of continuation of that. Uh, Aberdeen, I think you saw a bit of a wakening up a little bit. <clears throat> and it was still disappointing to concede three goals, but um, 
you saw Celtic awakening a bit, but last night I thought they were back to their old selves. Um, and it was positive to see. And even though, yeah, it was 2 2 and Celtic were 2 0 up, I think Celtic looked back to their old selves. And you just hope that that continues then into Aberdeen. And more importantly, I mean, let's not kid ourselves, more importantly, into the game in Motherwell uh, in a couple of weeks' time. Because yeah. to be fair, I don't think most fans will care really what happens in the next game against Aberdeen so much. I think it's more. You know, it's 10 in a row this year and nothing else. Mm, mm. Okay, so, yeah, so we'll, we'll come back and speak about Celtic in a minute or two. Um, after the Celtic game last night, um, I only had a five-minute five minutes coffee break and then back <laughs> to the Ibrox uh, last night because Rangers were, were playing. I'm not, I, I don't know if you saw any of the game last year, but um, the first half Rangers, Rangers were a bit below par. A bit sticky, you would say, but um, they won one now. But my leathers came on in the second half, and they, I think it changed the game for them as well, because yeah. that 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 keen post now never really had a kind of decent shot goal the whole game, you would say. Well, I think I think Poznan came into that kind of like lambs to the slaughter a little bit. I think there was a feeling that. Rangers would wipe the floor with them the way Rangers have been playing up to now and don't get me wrong I, I kind of thought Rangers would win the game um, but mm. I never thought it would be yeah. a, an easy result because post teams really um, never they never they're never a walkover uh, so you know Poznan I think were never going to be a, a walk in the park it was always going to be difficult um, teams like that are like that but you know Rangers have played a lot of games up to this point and they were they were a bit they weren't up to their normal sort of level I think in the first half or the second half I think the amount of games have caught up with Rangers a little bit um, and that's fine you know I think Rangers obviously they've been successful up to now and they've played a lot of games because of that uh, and they've done well in Europe so they're now playing in the Europa League so I think it's okay that they're allowed an odd game where they're not up to speed um, but yeah they, they looked a bit tired and they looked like a team who could do with a little bit of a midweek break but on the mm-hmm. other hand, they did win. Uh, Alfredo mm-hmm. Morelos, like you said, came on. And, uh, he, ch- he gave them a bit of an option up front that maybe Roof doesn't give them. Uh, mm-hmm. And the goal was a cracker. I mean, I think it was Barisic got a yeah, little bit good, ahead. Yeah, it was a good cross in his box. Yeah, he just got that little inch ahead of the defender and whipped in. Oh, it was an amazing cross. I mean, he whipped in a cracking ball. Uh, and Morelos obviously was there to head in. I think it's his 21st goal in 36 European games and that's equaled Ali McCoy's European scoring record for Rangers. Um, so it just shows you how important Morelos is in Europe. Uh, it shows you how good Barisic is because I thought it was an amazing goal and amazing ball in. And it means Rangers and Benfica are top of the Group D after two successful wins. So... I think Rangers obviously are doing quite well. Uh, they go obviously to Portugal next. I mean, the two games against uh, Benfica, I don't think it'll matter who qualifies because I think Rangers and Benfica will both qualify from the group. I think the next two games will show who's going to finish top of the group. And I think obviously, I think Rangers are looking good. Um, mm. And I think Rangers could do it. I, I just can't see, I, I can't see Rangers losing too many games this year. Um, and I don't no. know if Benfica are good enough to, good enough to do it. Um, but also, I think the Celtic result, the two-two draw, and the Rangers obviously winning, again has shown another thing combined 
it's resulted in Celtic or Scottish football, Celtic and Rangers uh, having a result at the Champions League now because I think the coefficient has now meant that from next season, mm. the top two, and it'll probably be Rangers and Celtic or Celtic and Rangers, however when you, way you want to do it, means that both of them will play in the Champions League qualifiers next year. Yeah. So uh, that's a, a pretty good positive. And to be fair, I, I think Celtic will get more results in Europe and I definitely think Rangers will do, do well and get more results in Europe this year too. So the coefficient will only get better, which is, is brilliant. But um, I think it also, sh- uh, I think, was it this week now? I think the top two will qualify for the Champions League. Mm-hmm. Uh, third place, will, or sorry, the Scottish Cup winners will qualify for the Europa League. And third and fourth in the league will qualify for the Europe's. I think it's a new European competition, the European or UEFA Conference League. Yeah, yeah. So those, I think, third and fourth. And do you know what? Like you were saying, and like what we were saying all through this, I think the the positive thing for that is you might see a Scottish team getting into a European league set up now that the Conference League set up because I think mm-hmm. that's more, you know, your Aberdeen and Hibs sort of level. Mm-hmm. I think as well that going back to the Rangers game uh, just before we move on, I think it's all about um um well yeah it's all about performances and results, Matthew. But I think that the biggest thing for for Celtic and Rangers last night was just getting well, especially Celtic a performance and a good point away from home. But Rangers were were below par, but. Um, they still they still got a win and that's that all that's all what matters for, for them. So they're sitting with six points, Celtic are sitting with one point and the small games could come next week because uh, European football now is every week, not every two weeks. I think it's because of the coronavirus as, as well. I think it's could an impact on, on that. Okay, so yeah. do you know what? Just quite a little, I mean I think Rangers I mean if Rangers, I mean, you're right, Rangers weren't at their best last night, and I do mm. think it's because they're tired. Mm-hmm. But it just shows you, you know, it, it's Rangers have had probably one below performance, below par performance this year, and they still won. Celtic have had tons yeah. of below par performances and did well last night. Yeah, uh, yeah but... So I, I, you're just hoping now that, you know, Rangers, I think, can show they can do it consistently. consistently. I think Rangers, you know what you're going to get from Rangers between now and the end of the season, I think. And it's just really up to Neil Lennon and his squad now to get the consistency back to try and challenge that. Mm. Um, but, you know, both of them play the way they've been playing uh, Rangers, obviously, through the course of the year and Celtic last night. I think, you you know, we could be in for another helicopter Sunday or helicopter Thursday yeah. <laughs> at the end of this season. We could be. Yeah. Um, so, OK, let's move on to speak about the... Football this weekend, plenty of football. Um, no football tonight because obviously there's championship football the last uh, couple of flag nights, but there's no football on tonight. All because Hearts aren't playing. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, who's playing Hearts against Hearts? Um, and who won Hearts? Um, so let's look at the games this weekend then. Uh, tomorrow there's only two games on. Uh, on 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 the SPFL, um, it is Dundee United against Ross County, Livingston against Marwell. Um, I'll just take you quickly to the championship as well. Um, Dundee against Rave Rovers, Dunfermline against Queen of the South, Inverness against Abrolhos, 
and um, and Morton against Air, and obviously uh, tomorrow night we'll see the uh, fun enough. Tomorrow night we'll see last year's semi-finals, if that makes sense, of the Scottish <laughs> Cup. Um, we've got Hearts and Hibs at five o'clock and Sunday Celtic and Aberdeen and uh, obviously Celtic and Aberdeen is a half two kickoff and uh, there's one Premiership game on on Sunday uh, um, features Kamarok and Rangers they play at 12 o'clock so let, let's um, speak about the semi-finals Matthew uh, the the big game tomorrow night. It's a big game with no fans there. <laughs> um, how many times have we said that this year? Um, oh, no, hearts no, no. against Hibs. It's do you know what? It's a massive game. It's I'd say it's the second biggest game of the season so far in Scottish football after Celtic Rangers. I have to say, I hope it's not a damp sort of squib like the Celtic Rangers game because I mean, even though. You know, I think Rangers obviously played well and dominated that game. Uh, it wasn't like your old sort of Celtic Rangers game, if you know what I mean. There wasn't a lot of tasty challenges. There wasn't a lot of arguing with the ref. There wasn't a major spectacle to it. And I just hope the Edinburgh Derby doesn't end like that. Um, because I would have probably have went to this game, to be honest, if, if there was fans allowed in. And um, when this game was scheduled for October, originally I think the hope was that we'd have some fans into this game. Um and to be honest, this date had been pencilled in for, for months because it was so big. Uh, preparing for an Edinburgh Derby, I think, is always our main focus of the season so far and uh, or main focus of a season. And I think this Scottish Cup semi-final has been our main focus of Hibs and Hearts for for, for a while. Uh, for Hibs, not, maybe not so much because they've started the league uh, pretty well and obviously they can, they've got a bit to challenge for in the SPFL. And Hearts... I mean, Hearts, obviously, their main thing is to get out of the Championship, but a Scottish Cup final would be some achievement for both of them. Um, and this week, obviously, the be-all and end-all is getting the win. I mean, you can't you can't come into an Edinburgh semi-final of a cup and uh, think of anything else. I think it's got the be-all and end-all for this has got to be getting the win, getting to the Scottish Cup final. I think Hearts, you know, maybe they didn't have to come back to training so early, but they came back... I, I don't know, and had about 10 or 11 pre-season games. And I think a lot of that wasn't just the championship. I think they, they came in and had those pre-season games and came back to training early because they felt they needed a lot of friendlies to uh, not so much challenge, like I said, challenge the the championship sides, but challenge Hibs, who I think had played two months, obviously, before that in, in the Premier League. So, um, you know, Hearts have been... In, pre-season training for what seems like an eternity to try and keep up with Hibs they've won I think they've won five games in succession in the League Cup and the Championship so Hearts are coming into this confident and in a good place um, and obviously I, th- I think they've got a bit of a voodoo sign over Hibs because I was laughing with my friend about this a few nights ago and he, he doesn't mind me name dropping I'm Graham because all we seem to talk about is Edinburgh Derby's and he always does what he always does, and he always says, hearts will lose. I think every Edinburgh Derby he's came in, he always says, hearts will lose, almost to cushion the, the blow, just in case Hibs actually finally win one. But Hibs never do win one. You know what I mean? It's like, hearts always seem to win the big games over Hibs. That just seems to be the way it goes. 
But for the first time, I think, in a decade, Hibs are coming into this in good form, obviously. They're, they're third in the league. They've had good results against Rangers. Uh, they've got a goal... Uh, finally, they've got a goal scorer on Nisbet. They've got a midfield that has a bit of fight in Gogic. Um, people at the back, like Porteous, uh, are defending well and obviously deserve their Scotland call-ups. Goalkeeper's an Israeli international, um, even though he had a bit of a nightmare for Israel the other time, but he is a, he is a top-class international. And this game does have the look of being an absolute cracker. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, this game could go either way. I would think on paper, Hibs do have the better team. I think they've obviously played more professional, uh, more sort of uh, competitive games. They've been playing competitive games since August, whereas Hearts have obviously just been playing them since October. But Hearts do have a Premiership sort of looking squad. Mm. Like I said, they are in good form. You know, they've, they've won the last five games in succession in the Championship and League Cup, so they are coming into this in form. Derby forms, and Derby's form does tend to go out the window, but, you know... I would love to say I think Hibs will win this and they'll win it comfortably, but like I said, I think Hearts seem to have a voodoo sign over Hibs. We've been here before, I think, was it in March, before um, before COVID hit, Hearts went to Easter Road and they were looking like relegation fodder um, and managed to go to Easter Road and convincingly beat Hibs. Um, and that's the worry I think Hibs fans will have, is that Hearts do tend to win games against Hibs when it matters. Hibs can Hibs can win derbies, but the very I mean, can you remember the last time Hibs won a derby that actually mattered? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's that's the problem. Uh, and this derby does matter, so it could go to penalties. It could this this game could go all the way. Um, like I said, I would expect Hibs to win, but would you be surprised if Hearts? turned them over no so it has it's just like you said the only disappointment I think this game will serve up is that there's no fans no fans yeah yeah because this will be the game of the weekend and it arguably could turn out to be the game of the year I mean I haven't I haven't saw um, Hibs a lot this season I think I saw them against Celtic um, a few weeks ago I think it was and everybody thought Hibs was going to put in a show but Sadly, Hibs kind of failed on that occasion. So I think Celtic won 3-0 or 4-0 that day. Um, but I saw Hearts last... Um, I saw Hearts um, two games just, be, just because that's the only game that's been on the TV. Um, and Not because looked, you love Hearts, Michael. Just because it was the only game on the TV. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and yeah, my love for Hearts is... <laughs> Like, yeah. Oh, um, where's the heart? Where's the hearts emoji? We have to get uploads of hearts from Michael. La, 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 yeah, la. yeah, exactly. I need love. Um, yeah. Well, welcome to Tyne Castle, Michael. You'll be uh, welcome to open arms. Yeah, but no, I've I've saw the hearts in the the, the two occasions and they look good. Uh, they've got a Premiership team, kind of. <clears throat> even though they're in the first division, but they've got big names and and the team. Um, and and all that, um, they look good. But as you say, because it comes to a big game, one-off game, a derby game, um, it's you know when we talk about Celtic and Rangers game, it, and it's the same way Hearts and Hibs here, the form goes out goes out the window um, because it's a one-off game, and because it's not King Castle or East Road gets a. Uh, 
it's at Hamden, there's no fans and it's going to be a weird atmosphere for a big game um, and yeah, so it, it's quite difficult to call this game but <clears throat> you might be right, this game might be all the way to uh, penalty kicks. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's funny because, like, I mean, like we said about Hearts, you know, they've won five games on the spin, but Hibs obviously have been unbeaten in the last six games that they've played too. So, mm. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, obviously sometimes with derbies, one team comes in into it on better form than the other, but both of these sides are coming into it on on pretty good runs of form. And yeah, yeah. yeah, and so it's hard to call anyway, even if you are looking at it in form, at form. It'd be hard to split them. Uh, derbies that make it even more complicated in regards to form. Um, but you know, Nielsen. I, I hate to say this as well because obviously I, I do know a lot about Hibs and I've got Hibs friends and got Hearts friends too. So it's quite hard to, <laughs> to call this game. But Nielsen, you know, he was he was in the Hearts team that beat Hibs four 0 in the last Scottish Cup semi final between these two teams. Um, so he knows how to beat Hibs on big occasions. Hearts, like I said, have, have beat Hibs nearly on every big occasion they've played from 2006 onwards. Um, I can't really think of a time Hibs have won an Edinburgh derby, really, that they must win. I mean, I know Hibs have won games against Hearts, but in all the games that I can think of that there's been something tangible at the end of it or they needed to win, Hearts always seem to pick up the result, whether it's in the mm. league or whether it's in the cup. Mm. So they have a bit of a voodoo sign over Hibs. Um, and like I said, I do think Hibs are the better team. Uh, mm. I just think Hearts seem to know how to beat Hibs when it matters. And I think you know, I think if Hibs get off to a good start and it becomes calm and they can go about their own game, I think Hibs will win. But I think all it takes is what something to go wrong or Hearts to take an early lead or something like that, and you could see Hibs crumble because of the weight of expectation mm. on this Hibs team. Um, so that's why it's hard to call because there's so many tangibles in, in this game that could go wrong. But if you look at Hibs, the one thing I would say about Hibs, normally they have a weak spine. They can attack fine, but their spine's not good enough. And I think that's why they've lost to Hearts so many times in big games because they do, they do have that. But, you know, like I said, they've got an international goalkeeper in goal. They've got an international backline now, uh, especially Porteous, who I think has been one of the players of the year. You've got a midfield now who actually shows fight because you've got Gogic, um, who's, I think, been the big difference this year. I mean, Hibs can always score goals, um, but they've always lacked a bit of fight in midfield because they've had normally quality players who can be passengers at times. So, but I think Gogic has put a stop to that. Mm. And then you've got um, you know, a, a goal scorer in Nisbet who could score with half a chance, let alone a full chance. So Hibs do look better, but that's why I think this has the potential to be a cracker. Mm. Okay, uh, yeah, Nisbet's been scoring for fun uh, the last couple of weeks for, for Hibs, so we'll, we'll wait and see. And uh, the winners of that game will play the winners of Sunday's game uh, between Aberdeen and Celtic. Kick off there as at half two. They they met last week, Matthew in the league and Celtic. They, uh, I don't know. They it was a kind of funny performance. They, they skakied slow. Aberdeen took the league. Then Celtic came back into the game. They they were winning. Uh, what was it? Three two, and um, they gave away a penalty. Celtic came away with a point. Um, and um, 
the rest was Husker there, as they say, but uh, this weekend's game might be a bit different because it's a big park at Hamgen uh, as well. And uh, a couple of years ago, Celtic and Aberdeen met, uh, um, was at the Scottish Cup final, and uh, Rodgers scored the winning goal. Uh, in fact, it was in Brendan Rodgers' um, invincible season as well. So it might be a bit different game, even though the two of them met in the league last week, but uh, it's, a, it's a different game on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, it, I think that I think they both learned a lot from each other. I think Celtic have learned that, you know, obviously if you put in a decent performance and up the gears a little bit, Celtic can score goals. Um, but I think Aberdeen have also learned that this isn't the Celtic team of old and that if you get Celtic and create chances and put in a fight, then Celtic can be got at as well. Um, I mean, the, the game last week, I thought, was a pretty good advertisement for Scottish football. I, I, like, I have to say, I really enjoyed last week. Um, I mean, obviously, Yeah, it was, thought, it. it was kind of end-to-end. Yeah, it was enjoyable. I mean, it was kind of like Celtic last night. I enjoyed mm. that game last night. I enjoyed the game on Sunday. Um, I thought we were going to have a bit of a giant killing, actually, because even though Aberdeen soaked up a lot of pressure from Celtic, I think possession-wise, Celtic were uh, 62% or something like that, possession-wise, for a lot of that game. So Celtic did have a lot of possession, but you know Aberdeen created uh, 13 shots at goal, uh, five on target. So and out of the five on target, they had three goals. So... Um, they certainly know how to take their chances. They certainly know how to put the ball in the back of the net. I thought when Ferguson scored the penalty to make it 1-0, I thought Celtic could have collapsed. But uh, they came out fighting in the second half. When McGregor scored, I thought, well, that Celtic calmed it a little bit. They might go on and win this again. But then Hedges goes up the other end of the pitch and scores to make it three. Uh, sorry, 2-1. And you're thinking that 2-1 Celtic might be in a bit of bother here. And to be honest, Aberdeen looked like they were going to score again. Um, but Lee Griffiths came on, and Lee Griffiths did what Lee Griffiths does so well. Um, I think he was the only man in that whole Celtic squad that could have scored the goal that he did. Um, it was a piece of quality, you know, just creating that little bit of a yard, putting your left foot round it, curling it into the top left-hand corner. It was a goal that really should have sparked Celtic going on to win the game. And when Christie got that penalty uh, to make it 3-2, I thought Celtic really should have went on and sealed that game up. But, you know, to criticise Neil Lennon a little bit, he never, he, he kept on going the way he was going for too long and it allowed Aberdeen a chance to, instead of shooting up the back line, he seemed to just let it go and keep going the way it was going. And because of that, Aberdeen still created chances. And, you know, even though McGregor gave away the penalty, I thought it was just a last-ditch lunge to prevent Aberdeen scoring. It was a definite goal anyway. Because Celtic looked all over at the back, um, and McGregor was—it was just desperation to sticking a leg out to try and prevent Aberdeen scoring the equaliser. But they got a penalty; they did score the equaliser. Um, Celtic defensively will be upset, but the game was a cracker, um, mm. and we're hoping really for more of the same on Sunday. So if we get half the game we got at Bataudry, uh we should be looking at a really good, good two semi-finals really. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to them. Um, you must admit, but it's funny speaking about last year's semi-finals this season. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, uh, Celtic could win the treble again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and in December. Every, every, <laughs> yeah, but everybody, yeah, everybody's forgotten about that because of you know what's been happening and 
sport is getting kind of like mixed up as well. Let's well, you know what? You know what? If this if ten in a row wasn't on the line this year, I think we would all have <laughs> I've remembered what was going on. But I think because ten has become such a big thing for Rangers and Celtic, I think it's just. It's almost usurping everything. Europe's yeah. went out the window. Scottish yeah. Cups went out the window. Everyone's went out the window. And it's just about this 10 and nothing else. Or, in Rangers' case, 55, according to them. So, <laughs> you know, they're they're worried about 55 and not stopping with the 10. Celtic know that if they win the 10, really they've achieved something that no one else will, achieve, will ever achieve. So, it's such a big thing that, yeah, we've kind of forgotten about the Scottish Cup and everything else that's went yeah. with but, uh, but yeah, this weekend looks like it could be a cracker. Hearts and Hearts haven't forgotten about it, let's just say that. Yeah, um, and um, and also you're listening to Indie, Indie Live Radio. This is Friday night. Michael Matthew here every Friday night speaking about sport. Don't forget if you want to listen to the repeat. We are on Tuesday morning at 11 a.m., or you can get the podcast as well. Let's move on to a bit of women's football now, Matthew, because you, you know how we like to cover every aspect of sport, not just Celtic and then just like some I other. thought you were going to say we like women. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's a different conversation for a different show. <laughs> um, yeah, um, but most regular schisms concentrate in the big two, but we are, we are all about sport, so we, we cover everything. Um, hide and seek as well, if that's a, a sport, I'm not sure. Um, so <laughs> let's look ahead to the women's uh, football this weekend just quickly before we move on. Gives you a rundown of who's playing who. It's Hearts against Celtic, Marwell against Hibs, Sparkins FC against Rangers, and Forfa is playing Glasgow City. And this week's game... It is on the uh, is on the BBC website if you want to watch Celtic against Hibs. Uh, they are playing, uh, believe it or not, Matthew, 11 o'clock kickoff for that one. I don't think he'll be up at that time. Um, but they're playing at the Orleum in Edinburgh. Um, if you know where that is. No, don't go to that game because you're not there again. Um, 11 o'clock kickoff, um, and we on the BBC website and the BBC app. As well, well, I mean, you have to say, I think, I mean, it could be a good weekend. Obviously, Glasgow City are have started the ball rolling the way Glasgow City always start the ball rolling, um, and Hibs are always going to be up there. Um, it would just be interesting to see where Celtic get to because obviously Celtic have improved their professional uh, set-up in regards to women's football. So it was always going to be interesting to see how Celtic would get on. Um, but it seems like Glasgow City have started the ball rolling, as they always do, and Hibs are always going to be up there, round and about. So um, yeah, the season yeah. started the way it always starts in women's football. But it'll be good to... It'll be interesting to see where Celtic get to this year. Yeah, exactly. And speaking about women's sports, we'll come on to speak about the rugby in a minute because it's a big weekend for Six Nations. Uh, but just to let you know that Scotland was meant to play Wales and and their women's Six Nations uh, competition against Scotland on Sunday. The game has been called off because obviously five players have been tested with coronavirus. And uh, so that means the whole, the, the members of the Scotland squad have to be tested 
um, as well. So that game is off. So Scotland against Wales. Okay, it's a shame though because yeah. COVID seems to have hit this week horribly because that's obviously a, a rugby international off. Um, but also, I heard Dundee United. Um, obviously, they they they're get, still getting Sky money and things, but they are looking to be in talks with their players over wage deferrals or cuts mm. um, because yeah, of COVID. So right across the board. And yeah, then, well, I think I think, yeah. I think Rangers, Celtic, Cabs, Aberdeen—they've already reduced it or deferred their their salaries, and now Dundee United are looking to do that. So mm. it's a shame, you know. You've got women's rugby now; the game's off. Uh, you've got Dundee United, who are obviously one of the top teams in Scotland, along with the rest of them, having to defer salaries or um, or cut salaries. And then mm. Saint Martin, obviously, are having a complete nightmare with it at the moment. Yeah. They've um, yeah, I think they've been charged. Was it yesterday? yesterday they were charged. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I think is a shame. But I tell you what, if if Saint Mirren are charged with this and lose the three points, Kilmarnock have already got a similar hearing, um, and they could lose the three points. The one team who'll be happy with this is Motherwell because mm. Motherwell will have got six points out of this so far, and they've not touched the ball. <laughs> and and as you're wondering why Saint Mirren has just um, has always been. That uh, the game has been cancelled. I don't know if you know Matthew, but I, I just suddenly I just remembered this as, this week actually. It's at Mullen Park. The car park has been uh, has been used for the at uh, one of these um, testing centres. So no wonder, no wonder the Glasgow Mullen uh, team has got the coronavirus because. Um, because the car park right outside the park has, has been used for the uh, a testing centre, so that's see, why. I'm you, see, I'm glad you told me that, because I just assumed it was because people in Paisley never washed their hands. <laughs> okay, we'll move on then. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and also, I'm just reading on the website when we're talking about rugby, see what I did there. Gentle conversation. Um, remember, I was saying to you that Wales and Scotland games off because of the coronavirus. Uh, just saw on the website as well that the France game against Ireland has been postponed as well. So it's hitting a lot of teams, a lot of competitions as well. The women, the women's games been called off. Did you say the full one? The no, no, the the women's rugby, yeah. Ah, right, okay. Yeah, um, but uh, move, moving on now, as see, you would say. Up to, up to speed with the sport, Michael. I yeah, see, that, yeah. that's how we're number one for sport, Matthew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who makes 10 in a row when you've got me and Matthew? Um, so, yeah. Zero in a row if it was me. Yeah. No, I would give you, uh, yeah, z- 0.1. <laughs> um, yeah, let's move on now to speak about rugby. Um, so that's the women's rugby, but the <laughs> there's no rugby now. <laughs> yeah, all the rugby has been cancelled. Um, yeah, so we're just gonna move on to speak about rugby, and um, no, it's not been cancelled. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so let's speak about rugby now. Um, the as games tomorrow, the the big one that we are interested in is um, Wales against Scotland. Um, um, so that's in Cardiff at quarter past two. We've got Italy against England at quarter to five. Uh. And whoa, under <laughs> the eyes, Yeah, I think it's just 
And also we have we've got um, Flans against Ireland, uh, five past eight kickoff as well. So let's speak about um, Wales and, and Scotland. It's been quite difficult to keep up with the rugby mafia because obviously uh, the Six Nations. Um, um, always begins at the beginning of the year, <clears throat> and whatever that is now. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. But also, it's quite hard to keep keep up to date because that's been what a year. You would say, and, and yeah, give or take, it feels like it. Funny enough, I don't think Scotland can win it this year again. Well, do you know, Scotland were in <clears throat> decent run of form uh, leading up to this game back in March. Um, I mean, it's hard to tell, obviously, what we'll get in November um, or the end of October, November, because obviously it has been so long. But Scotland obviously did okay last week um, and the friendly leading up to this game. So they're coming into quite in, in, in half decent form, I would say. I mean, I don't expect Celtic, uh, Scotland to get a tanking. I'll just slip the tongue there. I do expect Celtic to get a tanking <laughs> sometimes. Uh, I, do, I don't really expect Scotland to get a tanking. Let's just say this. I think it'll be a competitive game. Um, the interesting thing leading up to this game, I think, was the battle for the Scotland number 10 jersey. Uh, you had Adam Hastings, who was in the jersey at the moment on, and had played quite well, actually, up to that point. But you had Finn Russell returning. Now, Finn Russell plays for Racing 92 um, and has played in the Champions Cup final recently. He's played well for the Champions Cup and in the French leagues. And he returned into the Scotland cap for the Georgia game last week. So it was an interesting battle as to who would win. But Finn Russell looks like he's won out. I think Adam Hastings has went to the bench. And Finn Russell will start uh, at fly half uh, for this game. Um, just because I think, you know, Russell's performances for Racing 92 have been outstanding. And he's played, obviously, at the highest level of European rugby for Racing. So he's proved he can do it at that level. And like I said, I saw him play against Munster. Um, down in Tolman Park, um, I can't remember when it was. Now COVID's mucked it up, but it, it was last season. It was it was this season's last last season. That's how I good thought, Scottish word mucked it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. See, Ireland's not changed me. Um, <laughs> I see when I say mucked up round here. It was like when I used to say shift to my daughter when she was in the way. I'd say shift at the road, but here shift means kissing somebody. So all our friends were laughing. I was like, what are you laughing at? But anyway, I, I digress. Um, I, I, so, I don't know if you could say that on radio, but I think you've, yeah, I think you've just done that. So, yeah. <laughs> now the police is at the door. Now, uh, yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, what was I talking about? Um, for, <laughs> I mean, Finn Russell, I think, was amazing when he played against Munster. He scored one of the best tries I've ever seen. You know, he, he sort of flicked it round the Munster player, ran round down the side of him and got the, the try that way. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, it was just an amazing performance. But also, you know, Finn Russell, there's a chance that players like him will be in the sh- in a, for a shout for the British and Irish Lions. Um they're playing, uh, obviously, next year in South Africa. So there's a chance that some of the Scottish players will be in that in that mix. You know, whether Finn Russell, uh, Stuart Hogg, Tommy Seymour, Seymour, who was in it last time, uh, they're all in for a shout to sort of still get a chance for the British and Irish Lions. But they need a performance against Wales. Um, 
because Scotland tend to always do well at Murrayfield, but none of the Scottish players tend to do well away from home, apart from Ben Russell. But most of the other ones uh, sort of struggle in the mentally tough arena of playing away in Six Nations. So uh, it'll be good, I think, for Scotland to at least go there and do it, have a performance. But it'd be even better if Scotland could get a win. And I think it's doable. I think it's definitely doable. Yeah. And you might find then that if Scotland do win, you'll have some of the players in the Lions tour next year, which would be amazing too. And again, it'll be weird to watch rugby without the fans because, uh, as you know, um, rugby fans like to party. Yeah, well, I mean, Wales, I've, I've been to Wales a few times to watch uh, Wales-Scotland. And the, it's not even just rugby crowds generally, but Welsh in particular. The Welsh yeah. love the rugby. And it's the hardcore. Irish, yeah. Aye, well, I mean, the Welsh are just hardcore fans. Um, so Wales will miss that. It's about the you mash your hardcore. Yeah, yeah, hard, definitely hardcore. I mean, I nearly got in an argument with a Welsh guy uh, when I was down the last time at Millennium Stadium. Um, I'm not even going to so... ask if you, if you won. <laughs> well, I, to be honest, it might have been an argument, but I couldn't understand the word he was saying. He and he couldn't understand me. You know, so it was just one of those. Uh, even though we both speak English, um, it was just one of those arguments. Did you, did you get a free point for the one? No, so that's a bad joke. So, <laughs> so the matter. Well, Scotland never won in Wales, really. But I mean, no. there was hundreds, of, hundreds of them, and there was me and my wife. No, I meant, um, I meant, I meant you. <laughs> you didn't get three points. No. no so. Well, do you know? Do you know the one thing I will say about Wales is I drank brains when I was there. Ah. Do you know the, Do you know their beer is called Brain? And I, I never done you any good, did it? No, well, it was quite funny because my wife laughed because I went up to the thing and went, one brain, please. <laughs> She's like, you on? <laughs> yeah, um, uh, it was funny if it was a doctor itself in the pub. Wales is a funny place. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the, the British and Irish Lions are coming up and I think a lot of these games will determine, uh, though, if Scotland finally gets uh, a few British and Irish Lions in the squad. And, you know, I think that'll be a big um, motivation, I think, for Scotland's players. But obviously it's a big motivation for the Welsh players as well. So it could be a cracking game leading up to that next yeah. year, if it happens because of COVID. Yeah, if it happens, maybe, maybe not. So you can watch the... Before the Hearts and Hibs game tomorrow, you can watch the Wales and Scotland game. So uh, I don't know if my heart can deal with this. <laughs> yeah, my heart's gone. Steps, Gabby. We all know how much you want Hearts to win. I don't know if your heart will deal with it. I'll have I'll, a oh, I'll, yeah. <laughs> I've got mine that emails and I say, Michael, you support Hearts. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> um, yeah, and then we've got Atley, uh, England. Um, in France and Ireland as well. So, if you're just... oh, we've, we've got other ones too. There's two league games just quickly before you uh, go down. Uh, Edinburgh are also playing. I know these aren't as big, but um, Scarlets are playing Edinburgh. Uh, so that's another trip to Wales from a Scottish team um, but they're, they've not started very well. They've played three and lost three so I thought they would have you know, hit the ground running after last year's good performances but they've started off poor um, and a trip to Wales is never easy. You know, Scarlets is a, a tough place to go and Glasgow have an even harder task. You know, they've started with two defeats out of three but they're at home to Leinster who are the best side in arguably Europe. Um, so both the Scottish teams have a tough weekend as well in the Pro 14. 
Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I forgot you're all over Pro 14. And also, that's also you're, you're very over the NFL. Aye, well, I mean, it's been an interesting week. It's, it's been a, well, some interesting news. I mean, I don't know if you know a lot about Antonio Brown. He's a wide receiver um, who played for Dolko. <laughs> yeah, plays for Hearts. Andy Redskin. Scott, one of Scotland's best players of all time. Mm. I, I have, you know. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what, if people's, if people's just turning on to the programme, they're like, what are they talking about Andy Redskin? Who's that? <laughs> was he worse than like, I, I think more people will know who Antonio Brown is and Andy Webster <laughs> Andy Webster and Andy Webster's Scotland's best defender of the last 30 years according to you um, anyway <laughs> me and him are good me, me and him are good drinking buddies Andy Webster will start sponsoring the show has he been giving you backhanders <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, what was I saying earlier? I've forgotten I've lost track of it <laughs> Andy Webster's ruined NFL now, not just football. <laughs> I was I was giving you all that build-up master to NFL, and then you they turned into Andy Webster. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you like, uh, mate? Uh. Uh, but, well, Antonio Brown, who doesn't play for Hearts and doesn't play with Andy Webster, uh, you never he, get a game for Hearts. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what kind of man's he? Um, uh. Well, he, I mean, he was famous because. I think last year or was it the year before Oakland Raiders were on this TV show for the NFL and it was kind of like what you said about Tottenham you know it was an inside view of the yeah. and this guy signed a big multi-million dollar deal for the Oakland Raiders and, and then basically yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he definitely never signed a multi-million in him uh, so, <laughs> sorry Andy checks <laughs> in the post <laughs> Sorry, this show is brought to you by Andy Webster. Um, <laughs> Every week. <laughs> um, but this guy was famous because, like, basically, even though he was paid multi-million dollars, he, he basically buggered it up by... Um, he, he threw away his career, basically. Not only, he, he, I wouldn't say pretended, but he, he had a sore foot... Would you believe that stopped him? <laughs> that stopped him playing for the Oakland Raiders. Andy um, Webster would get do that. Yeah. Um, so he, <laughs> I don't think a sore foot would have affected his performance. Folks, Webster goes right. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, right. So basically, he used it as a chat. He used that as a tool really to move away and he got a chance to play for the New England Patriots who are basically the man you of the NFL so he played there but there was incidents with the next girlfriend and anger management and all that kind of stuff so even though this guy is probably one of the best wide receivers um, arguably of all time uh, he threw away his career at Oakland Raiders and then because of uh, domestic violence I guess it was um, he threw away his career at the New England Patriots as well but it was a shame because this guy's got a lot of talent. So the news this week, what I'm leading to is he signed for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So he's joined up again with Tom Brady uh, and obviously Gronkowski there at the now Tampa Bay do, Buccaneers. You, you do know by, by the time that you've told this story, the guy's left the Buccaneers now. <laughs> we sore <swore> foot. <laughs> Andy Webster's <laughs> came. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, that story, the number ending. <laughs> but but, it, but it, I suppose it is never ending for him because he, I mean, this guy does have a lot of talent. I mean, joking aside, he's one of the best wide receivers I've probably seen. And he just seemed to be throwing his career away. Um, and now, obviously, he's got one last chance at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. With Tom Brady, this guy, if it works, it could be the last sort of, uh, the last piece of the puzzle, really, to get Tam, t- uh, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers a a Super Bowl, so it could be. But on the other hand, it could be the the last straw or the or the, the straw that breaks Camel's back by you know him going in there and doing what he normally does, which is destroy a dressing room. Um, so, uh, like almost Morelos did with Rangers, it's that sort of similar character. He's too big for these boots. So this could be one of the best signings, or it could be one of the worst signings Tampa Bay ever made. But it was a big signing. We also had this year or this week. Uh, Mm. Odell Beckham Jr., who's one of the you're best wide a, You're having a disaster this week, mate. <laughs> yeah. Let's look at Matthew's base bits. <laughs> we had Odell Beckham Jr., who um, is one of the best wide receivers this year. He, unfortunately, has had an ACL injury, so he is now out for the season. So Cleveland Browns are going to miss probably their best wide receiver, and that's a big hit for them. Uh, so we'll see how Cleveland Browns get on without Odell Beckham Jr. But obviously they'll struggle, I think, a little bit because he he is just he's just an unbelievable talent and he's scored he's been scoring touchdowns the last few weeks. So they'll miss him for the whole year. Um, just quickly, there's some bit. How how are we for time, Michael? Are we running yeah, out? Yeah, no, uh, no, okay, we're okay, yes. Uh, just quickly as well, before we mention Andy Webster again, uh, <laughs> that, <laughs> this Sunday I suppose we've got a couple of big games. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, the Ravens obviously are one of the best teams in the league at the moment and they're quite balanced going forward and defensively. So it's going to be a tight one because the Steelers are obviously playing quite well as well. Um but the Baltimore Ravens are coming off a bye week. They've had a little bit of rest, and I think they might just sneak by against the Pittsburgh Steelers, but it's going to be a close, close game. But Lamar Jackson's obviously one of the best quarterbacks in the game at the moment, so he could be the difference. Uh, we've got an NFC West derby as well. Uh, San Francisco 49ers are playing the Seattle Seahawks. Again, I think this is going to be a tight one, but the Seahawks, I think, will sneak by. Uh, just because Russell Wilson is quite hard to stop uh, and he could score a ton of points against San Francisco. So even though San Francisco will get on the board, I don't think the 49ers' defence is up to stopping Russell Wilson. So I think that the Seahawks will sneak by by that. Uh, the Seahawks also were beaten last week, surprisingly, so they'll have a bit of a chip on their shoulder coming into this one. So uh, the Seahawks should find a way to bounce back in that one. And then we've got this, the New Orleans Saints against the Chicago Bears. Again, I don't have a clue who will win this one, really, because, it's again, it's another tight game. Uh, but my heart goes with Chicago. Obviously, Chicago's one of my favourite cities in America, so um, I'll, I'll go with the Chicago Bears. But Drew Brees for the New Orleans Saints has got their offence going uh, quite good and the defence is playing outstanding as well so I guess on paper the New Orleans Saints could win this one but I'm going to go Chicago Bears just because yeah I love Chicago it's a brilliant city um, so I'll go with the Bears just because I'm biased that way <laughs> Okay see Andy Okay now uh, <laughs> I was just thinking uh, Andy there you know it's not Andy Webb it's big man you know Andy uh, got him <laughs> Yeah <laughs> 
Um, let's move on. Um, so, yeah, so you have been listening to Indie Live Radio. Keep it here. We are the number one sports show. We're here every Friday night as a fag. If you want to listen to the banter, I'm only here for the banter. Um, you can listen to us uh, again on Tuesday, repeat at 11 a.m. Or you can get the podcast as well. Uh, just look for, yeah, look for the link on the website, Indie Live Radio. And if you want to email us, you can do that. Um, through the email at indielive at gmail.com Okay, so um, we'll be back next week for some more sport and uh, bye-bye. Yes.